We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner Impossible. Coming up, the latest episode of the KCSN Draft Show, getting Chiefs Kingdom ready for the 2023 NFL Draft. Hosted right here in Kansas City with the best analysis, interviews, and content you can find to stay up to date and in the know. With that said, let's begin the show. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? Happy Monday morning. At least we're recording this on Monday morning. Not sure when you're listening, but this is Best Mock Draft Monday. We did this last week with ESPN's Matt Miller, and it was a whole lot of fun. It was his ideal draft for the Kansas City Chiefs, a draft that he would give an A-plus for the Kansas City Chiefs. And we are going to do the same thing this morning with our good friend Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus. We're going to get his ideal Chiefs mock draft. But Trevor, since it's been probably since right after the Super Bowl, right before the Super Bowl that we've spoken, uh, how do you feel about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl and what they've done so far in the offseason? And uh, just play catch up here for the next 60 seconds before we get to your mock. No, I mean, uh, the Super Bowl was an absolute blast. I certainly, you know, maybe not as much for Eagles fans, but it was a blast for whether you were a Kansas City Chiefs fan or whether you didn't have a dog in the fight. I mean, it was just a back and forth matchup between the two best teams in the NFL. And I think that's what you want when you get to that final game. You're just hoping that's the scenario. And I think that that's what we got. So uh, another unbelievable legacy game from from Patrick Mahomes being able to solidify another Lombardi trophy, uh, you know, I have a feeling it's also not going to be his last. So, H, it's really cool watching something unfold like the Chiefs dynasty, right? And we're kind of in the beginning stages of it. At least I believe we're in the beginning stages of it, of, of what could be another fantastic decade for this team. Not saying that they're going to win the Super Bowl every year, right? Not not even saying that they're going to win a ton. But it just when you are this talented, when you are this competitive, it's a joy to watch. It's It's like... When you were growing up with LeBron James, because I know a lot of people my age grew up watching LeBron James, and you knew like right off the bat, even with the first stint in Cleveland, like you were watching something special. And as you have watched his career unfold to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time, that's how I feel like we're in the situation with Patrick Mahomes. We're just witnessing greatness, and you have to appreciate it as it comes. And so, getting him, getting to see him lift another trophy this past offseason or this past season was. I don't know if anybody watching this, and if you're watching on YouTube, please hit the like and subscribe. We've got plenty of draft content. Tucker Franklin, our producer here, has been putting together these videos with Sean Barber and Ken Swanson, breaking down uh, probably about the top 40 picks uh, they are going to be in this draft. So make sure to go check those out. But 
Trevor, I've talked with a lot of Chiefs fans about this before. Maybe it's just because I'm I'm old now, but like I look at my kids and they they witnessed, or at least my son witnessed like the Royals winning a World Series. And then he saw the Chiefs just absolutely dominate um and be in the golden age of Chiefs football right now. And all I can think about was when I was growing up, <laughs> we were right in the midst of having the most consecutive playoff losses in NFL history. And a lot of those losses in absolutely brutal fashion. Kids are spoiled. They have no idea what it's like to struggle and to to really have this mean something more uh, than what it does. So I think I'm just a grumpy old man in that way. But it feel like my fa- our fandom, people in my generation that watch the Chiefs, like we just have a special appreciation for what we're seeing right now. Uh, and I hope that continues because we know how uh, rare this is. And only a few, we're not quite there yet. But if we continue this on for another couple of years, there's only a few teams in NFL history or organizations that can say they've had runs like this at any point uh, in their uh, franchise's history. But anyway, we're here to talk about uh, your mock draft and your best case scenario for the Kansas City Chiefs. And this video and this podcast is sponsor, uh, sponsored by our friends over at Miller Lite. So let's get to the first pick. Uh, not a unique name. One of the ones that's been thrown around uh, amongst Chiefs fans as offensive tackle is one of those positions that is probably the most likely scenario. If I was a, uh, and I am a betting person, I would select offensive tackle. But Trevor, your pick in Oklahoma offensive tackle, Anton Harrison for the Chiefs with that first round pick. What is it that you love about that fit and that player? Yeah, so uh, over the next, I'll say three picks at least, we're going to talk about the overall draft game plan for the Kansas City Chiefs. And the way that I look at this current draft class and how I'm projecting players to come off the board them going offensive tackle in the first round, to me, is going to be the best bang for their buck. And if a guy like Anton Harrison, who is a three-year starter from Oklahoma, one of the best pass protectors that we have in this draft, if he can make it all the way to 31, this has got to be the pick. You know, I think he's certainly on the board. You know, maybe a player like Darnell Wright as well from Tennessee, although I think it's less likely that he's going to be there. If both Wright and Harrison are off the board, maybe you're talking about a DeJuan Jones type to play right tackle while Juwan Taylor plays left tackle. But ultimately, offensive tackle is the way I think they should go because a couple other positions, we'll get to edge rusher, we'll get to wide receiver. If they were to draft one of those two positions, edge or wide receiver, in the first round, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? They'd probably get a really nice impact player for them. But then you've just got to be really happy with where your current offensive line is. Maybe they are, but I'd like to think that they probably um, believe that they can get an upgrade here in the first round. So if Anton Harrison can make it to 31, this is somebody who, because of the playing experience, he it's not going to be this giant developmental period. At least I don't believe so. I don't think he's going to be a guy who's going to be completely overwhelmed, even with him moving from the left side of the line of scrimmage to the right side of the line of scrimmage, if he's going to start right tackle. I think that that's really the only adjustment that maybe needs to be made. You're working with the footwork. You're trying to mirror things on the opposite side. The skill is there. The instincts are there. The hand technique, all that stuff. He understands that because he's played a ton of snaps to Oklahoma over those last three years. And I think that he would be a, a an NFL-ready kind of a player pretty early on in his career. So he's one of my favorite offensive tackles in this class. I feel like a little bit higher than most people. So if he is there at the uh, back end of the first round, he'd be my pick here for Kansas City. Sure. I know the the first storyline that's going to come out if Anton Harris, and honestly, if any tackle uh, is the pick. So I'm going to put it on you right now is Chief signed Jawan Taylor, been a right tackle. They say he could be he could play left tackle for us. Um, 
it's obviously going to be dependent upon how things shake out at training camp. And you look at the current roster, don't think there's anybody that's going to compete with Jawan Taylor. I think he is the left tackle right now. They draft a player like Anton Harrison. How do you see those two things kind of shaking out? I know that a lot can change, but from a skill set experience standpoint, what would you think from your perspective uh, about how that, do you think Anton Harrison would start at right side and then move over? Or do you think you should put them both at the position that they played the most uh, over the last several years with Anton Harrison being on the left side for Oklahoma and Juwan Taylor playing right tackle at a very high level for Jacksonville? Yeah, it kind of depends, right? I think the money that Juwan Taylor signed for, you'd think that he's probably going to want to play left tackle just because traditionally the higher paid offensive tackles get to play left. So are you signing him thinking he's going to be your left tackle? Did he sign with the Chiefs thinking that he was going to play left tackle? Because I know that goes into it as well, right? Chiefs fans are very familiar with that. It's how they go Orlando Brown Jr. initially because he wanted to flip over to the left side. The Ravens already had Ronnie Stanley, right? And so that's and that, that's how he becomes available and how the Chiefs end up getting him. So I, it depends really how firm those contract talks were because if Taylor's like, no, I'm signing here to play left tackle, then maybe your hands are tied a little bit and you're going to have to have somewhat of an adjustment period for Harrison to move over to yeah. the right side, which could be fine, right? I'm not saying like that's the worst thing in the world, but it would probably take a little bit of time for him to figure it out as a right tackle. There is, of course, another reality where, you know, if Jawan Taylor's like, hey, I got my money, doesn't really matter to me, I'll play right tackle, I'll play left tackle. He has played right tackle in the NFL, obviously enough to get a good contract and to get a starting gig here in Kansas City. And Anton Harrison, left tackle is where he's played the last three years. So maybe there yeah. is a reality where they can go to their quote-unquote comfortable positions and everything be fine but even if it's the other way around even if both of them are switching the, for the first time I still think that could be okay and I'd still make Harrison I can't wait if Chiefs end up taking a tackle I'm already triggered to be honest with you about all of the takes that are going to be coming out of training camp when what Andy Reid historically will just rotate guys along the offensive line to rep at different positions all the time and right. the second they switch back to whatever they start at if they starts with Anton on the right side Juwan at left even if they don't struggle, at some point the next day they're going to flip and everyone's going to be like, oh, he got benched and oh, he got this. And it's like, they just rotate these guys. That's what they always do. But anyway, let's move on to your second pick. I like the one with Anton Harrison in the first. Your second round pick at number 63, another popular name that Chiefs fans have been discussing, and Notre Dame edge rusher Isaiah Foskey. What do you love about Foskey joining the Chiefs, particularly right there at 63? Yeah, Foskey's just a really solid player, man. Another guy who's really experienced. He's a big-bodied guy. You could play him as either a stand-up, um, two-technique pass rusher. You could play him as a hand-in-the-dirt, three-technique pass rusher. So um, you could do all sorts of things with Isaiah Foskey. And I think that creativity and that versatility with him is why I would love him in Kansas City's front. It allows him to play, I think, on either side of the line scrimmage. He's very capable of doing that. You can put him inside a little bit. Um, you can align him as a five tech, you can align him all the way as a seven. And when you look at the guys that they have, you have George Karloftis from last year, who I like, but he's a heavier handed kind of a player. Charles Amanehue gives you a little bit of extra athleticism, but I'd love to have a third guy in that rotation that I'm really comfortable with. And I think that Isaiah Foskey does give that to you. Now, I think a little bit of limited athletic, well, I don't want to necessarily say limited athleticism, but stiffness he's not a guy who's gonna have a ton of bend for you right those speed rushers that you see attack on the outside and are able to bend around the offensive tackles with crazy ankle angles to get around the pocket and get into the quarterback that's not really Foskey's game he's more of like a speed to power guy he'll disengage you with his hands he'll give you good hand swipe he'll hit you with a spin move he'll get you with a nice inside move 
So he's got a nice repertoire of pass rush moves. He's just not freakishly athletic. And I think that's why an edge rusher of his caliber might make it to you at the back end of the second round. Ultimately, I think that he might go a little bit earlier than this. But again, if we're doing a perfect scenario for the Chiefs, he's a guy that I'd absolutely love. And if not him, a guy like Derek Hall from Auburn is somebody who comes to mind. Maybe Carl Brooks from Bowling Green. Like these guys, I think could be great third pass rushers in an early rotation for them as well. But Foskey would definitely be my favorite if he can make it to them at the back end of the second. Yeah, and another, I mean, talking to a K-Stater here, so Felix, Andy Duque, Uzama is another player that sure, seems to be sure. uh, in that kind of mix. Uh, they could be moved around a little bit and be flexible in that way. And I think I've asked you this before, and before we move on, uh, just, I'm always interested in, this would be a question if I could, you know, ask Steve Spagnuolo right now, it would be, you know, is there a benefit similar on the offensive side? And if people are listening, you probably heard me say this before, but building kind of like they talk about with a wide receiver group, building a basketball team. You want your big, tall guys. You want your short, fast guys. You want sure. a little bit different skill set. Do you want something similar at edge rusher where you have guys who can win in different ways? And that the way you kind of described Foskey, not that he's the same player of George Karloftis, but he kind of mm-hmm. wins in the same ways. Whereas you compare Foskey, and I'm not saying he's available. I'm not comparing his players. But then a player like Nolan Smith, who wins in a completely different kind of way. He's speed, he's athletic. Do you want different styles of guys or with the mix of Foskey and Karloftis because they're similar because they fit what you want from a height, weight, length standpoint? How does that work from a defensive coordinator standpoint? Would you rather guys who are similar who fit or do you want guys with different skill sets who can bring different things for different matchups? Yeah, not to say a cop-out answer, but it just all depends like how you, how creative your offense, your defense coordinator is and how flexible I think the rest of your players are, right? If you want a lighter edge rusher more of like a stand-up speed rusher specialized player okay well the other three down line they better be big enough to hold the point of attack right because you can't put multiple players that are a lot lighter out there or you get into some trouble of these teams really running into these light boxes and all of a sudden they're getting four five six seven yards a clip and and now the defense is back on its heels now you can't be as aggressive as you want to now you're getting now you're not getting into those pass rush situations so it kind of depends on the rest of the roster makeup now i think the chiefs are a team that can't afford to add some of those players like a little bit lighter of an edge rusher who gives you a little bit more explosiveness a different flavor as you were saying there but yeah. like Nolan Smith's not going to be there in the second round by when they pick like they would have to yeah yeah I meant more first I meant just comparing edge right. rushers you could end up with after this draft so yeah. and and that's what I was going to say like I I don't think obviously Nolan Smith makes it to them at the back end of the first round either but Will McDonald is a player who I think gets linked to the Chiefs a lot Will McDonald the edge rusher out of Iowa State really fast, really explosive. That's what you are drafting him for. I think the Chiefs absolutely could take a chance on a player like Will McDonald if, you know, the offensive linemen are off the board and that's the direction that they want to go. But the reason why I don't have them taking one here the second round, even though I don't hate the idea of them building a, yeah, I guess a diverse arsenal of pass rushers is because a lot of those smaller athletic guys, the ones that are good enough to hold up against the point of attack or just that dominant with speed rushers, they're gone, right? Those are the guys that go in the first round. Those are the guys that go in the top 40. You're just not getting a lot of those players in the back end of the first round. And so that's why I think there's a lot more players of Foskey's caliber. And when I say that, I, I don't mean to say that it's not impact, but you get mm-hmm. guys who you go, ah, you know, maybe he's not the bendiest guy in the world. And because of that, he slides down a little bit, but then you get him on a football field and you realize <laughs> This guy's been one of the most productive rushers in Notre Dame over the last three years for a reason. So yeah. if they've got the chance to get him, even if he is 
a little bit of the same flavor as the players they already have, that depth, that rotation, keeping guys fresh, yet not really lowering the bar of what you're capable of doing when they're out on the field versus some of those veterans, that's still very important for a team that you know is going to be making deep playoff runs. Yeah, I love it. I need another rookie edge rusher that I can say is going to threaten Derek Thomas's rookie franchise sack record because <laughs> is that all year? Just keep them coming. Plus, it, I love the fact you take a, another edge rusher in the second round. You have your two starting edge rushers on rookie deals in addition to three cornerbacks on rookie deals over the last two drafts. Like, if they can hit this draft too, then the word dynasty is not just being thrown out as a possibility. If they have a draft, impactful draft this year like they did last year, when you go back to Tom Brady's dynasty with the Patriots, it wasn't just because of Tom Brady. They nailed two drafts in a row with a bunch of dudes. They had like nine or ten guys that were playing consistently and starting that were they weren't necessarily all all pros, but they had that many guys on rookie deals. They could afford to go spend some money the way that Bill Belichick will do it. It just worked out perfectly for him. Hopefully, we see the same thing uh, with this draft if we have any kind of success like we did last year. All right, offensive line, defensive line with the first two picks, and now you get into the one position that I'd say those are probably the top three as we look at the third pick that you've got here in Stanford wide receiver Michael Wilson. It's a guy that when I was cutting his highlights, Trevor, we were talking about before we were recording, he's a fun player to watch, but wide receiver is the other position that I think if you ask Chiefs fans, it's O-line, D-line, and then wide receiver, and you nail them with the first three picks. Michael Wilson specifically, what is it that you like about him and and his chances uh, with Patrick Mahomes at Kansas City? Yeah, I mean, this would be a perfect pairing. And anybody who listens to the NFL Stock Exchange show with myself and Connor Rogers. I uh, figured that this pick would probably be coming because he's he's one of my favorite players in the draft. Like anytime I've done any sort of my guys article or show or whatever, Michael Wilson is he's one of the guys that I go to. He is a bigger, stronger possession wide receiver who honestly has some of the best tape that I have watched in this wide receiver class. He understands how to win at the position so, so well. And you saw that in the senior bowl, man, the way that he is able to get his releases to set these guys up to really get behind them and get them turned around the other way. I mean, he's just an absolute manipulator off the line of scrimmage. Like we see so many of the success, successful wide receivers at the NFL level do. They're winning their route within the first couple of steps, within the first couple of milliseconds, because how they're able to get off the line of scrimmage. He's also got fantastic, reliable hands, really big hands as well. He is a great blocker. He will stick his nose in there and block for you. And when I look at the Kansas City Chiefs roster, if you take the Travis Kelsey element away and you just look at the wide receiver room, I like the wide receivers that they have. I like Sky Moore. I like Kadarius Tony. I like Marquez Valdez Scanling. But first and foremost, you know, these guys probably aren't going to be healthy, all healthy for an entire season. At least their history has said that. I'd love for them to be. But I think that no matter what, you've got to get some sort of new wide receiver in here. Unfortunately, the reason why Michael Wilson might be available in the third round, even though I talked so highly of him, he himself has an injury history that isn't great. Three years in a row, he has dealt with injury where he has either missed time or is it, it has been a season-ending injury. But we mm -hmm. saw him. He was healthy enough to not only work out in Mobile, Alabama at the Senior Bowl, but stand out. Was the best wide receiver there, if you ask me. And he was healthy enough to run and perform at the Combine as well. So he's healthy right now. Would love for him to be injury-free throughout the course of his certainly early career in the NFL. Whole career we love. But if you get a healthy Michael Wilson in this Chiefs wide receiver room, all of a sudden that gives you a second really solid possession option to go with Travis Kelsey. So I can't say enough good things about this guy when he's healthy. Mm -hmm. If they can get him in the third round, that'd be quite the steal. 
Yeah, for those who are watching on YouTube, we're just watching through his highlights. You call a possession receiver that's got some suddenness and some quickness to him. Uh, that's a, a great recipe uh, for any offense, let alone a guy trying to join the Kansas City Chiefs. And uh, you mentioned the wide receiver room. I'm going to run through this real quick. You mentioned Mark. This is the Chiefs wide receivers currently. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Kadarius Toney, Sky Moore, and you got Cornell Powell, Justin Ross, the darling of the Chiefs kingdom's offseason, mm-hmm. Amir Smith-Marset, Ty Freifrogel, John Ross, Jerrion Ely, and then Richie James, who they just signed over from the New York Giants. And so not a ton of depth there as far as guys that you would expect when you're talking about a Super Bowl team, not that they can't figure it out, not that we shouldn't give the benefit of the doubt to Andy Reid, Brett Veach, and company to, to figure this thing out. And we just saw Odell sign with the Baltimore Ravens uh, for a lot more money than I, at least for myself personally, Trevor, a lot more money than I thought he was. So uh, wide receiver becoming that much more important. Um, I, it's the one area of the team that I want to see development. I say I'm worried about because I do trust Coach Reed and, and Brett Veach to be pretty good at what they do. Mm. Uh, but looking at that roster, that depth right there, I don't see a ton of guys that you can count on to go get 800 yards and stay healthy for an entire season. Yeah, and... You know, Michael Wilson would be the kind of player that that they would want out of like Cornell Powell, right? The reason why you drafted Cornell Powell is to get the type of player that I think Michael Wilson already is. So, like, it's it's just a possession element receiver that you don't have at the front part of the depth chart right now. So, this is definitely one of those instances where you're getting a different flavor into the depth chart. You're getting a different type of player into the mix. And I think that Wilson would, yeah, I think he would just absolutely thrive in Kansas City. All right, first three picks from Trevor Sycamore, Pro Football Focus, Anton Harrison, the offensive tackle out of Oklahoma, Isaiah Foskey, the edge rusher out of Notre Dame, and then just got through talking about Michael Wilson, the wide receiver from Stanford. We're going to continue this right after this quick break. A sports network for today's fan. KC Sports Network. Podcasts, YouTube, social media, live shows. KCSN. Kansas City, the NFL draft is almost here. It's a fantastic time for our city. Make sure you're staying locked into us here at KC Sports Network because we've got the draft covered. Chiefs have 10 picks. We'll see how many they actually use, but there's one selection that every football fan can share, and that's an ice-cold Miller Lite. The players change, the coaches change, the rules change. But Miller Lite is still the perfect beer for draft time, game time, and everything in between. Personally, when I want a beer with some flavor, but it's also light and won't make me feel bad, Miller Lite has been a go-to. It's light on calories, not taste. What's the point of drinking beer if you can't taste it? Till kickoff comes around again, enjoy the beer that tastes like the season. Miller Lite, great taste, 96 calories. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, Visit MillerLite.com slash KCSN, or you can pick up some Miller Lite pretty much anywhere they sell beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, let's continue the best mock draft Monday with pro football folks. This is Trevor Sikama. Trevor, let's move on to the fourth pick. Number 122 for the Kansas City Chiefs, and you have the Chiefs selecting Chandler Zavala, the mm-hmm. guard from NC State. Another fun player when you watch this guy on film. What is it that you love about the fit here and uh, the spot here in the draft for Chandler Zavala? Yeah, I think that some people might hear this pick and go, okay, hold up, fourth-round guard. Wait, the Chiefs have one of the best interior offensive lines in the NFL, maybe the best with Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, and, uh, and Trey Smith. But... As we have seen from the Philadelphia Eagles, a draft strategy that continuously works is when you invest in the trenches, not just when you desperately need it, but being proactive about it. Chandler Zavala, one of the best interior offensive linemen in this draft, he has got a nastiness to him. He is strong as can be, only gave up four pressures, I believe, on 400 pass blocking reps this past season. So he's just a very consistent player. Um, I, I think that He's well. I sh- I should say this. He's consistently strong. Like he's somebody who g- consistently brings a lot of strength to his game. There's a little bit of over aggression with him. Like sometimes he gets a little. T- it feels as though sometimes he'll get his hands up into guys, and you'll be like, "Oh, it's oh, this guy's got no chance." But for the players that are a little bit more talented, I'll say have a little bit more arm length. Right? Can use leverage against him. He has a little bit of a difficult time. You know, like getting his hands and readjusting his hands and kind of regetting his base there, but. Man, from what you are getting as a starting point, this is a nasty interior offensive lineman who wouldn't have to start right away in Kansas City. And he's somebody yep. who I think you can develop into a really nice swing interior offensive line prospect. Not sure he could play center, but certainly either right guard or left guard. He's going to have that body type, that nastiness, that mentality to be a fantastic depth player for them. And if you're going to add depth anywhere, you want to add depth to the trenches. You never know when injuries are going to happen. You never know when. You know, contracts are going to get to a certain point or things are going to happen in the offseason. The thing is that you always want to be proactive so that you're never, you know, just like caught off guard or just you're just surprised when all of a sudden strength in the trenches is not where you thought it would be going into a season. You don't want that to be the case. So investing in offensive line, I think Chandler Zavala uh, is a really good one to add here in the fourth round. Talking about offensive line, if you're saying that you know, within the first 10 seconds of their traits is they may be too aggressive. I'm like, that ain't sounds like Andy Reid offensive lineman. That's, sure. that's exactly right. like what he would be looking for. You'd but rather, You'd rather coach it down, right? You don't want to try to yeah. have to get nastiness. You don't want to have to just like plug nastiness into somebody because 
I've seen that happen before at the NFL level where you get these offensive linemen that just don't have this mean streak to them. And and there are times, maybe three, four weeks at a time, maybe one season, one full season, where you just go, wow, that was a different that was a different player. They had that nastiness. They had that aggressiveness to them. But then I feel like they always revert back. They don't keep that for a long time, or at least it's very rare when they are able to do that. Instead, if you get these guys who have this 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 motor that never quits, if if, if over aggressive is in their scouting report and you just got to try to get it down a little bit more consistent, a little bit more controlled, that's what I always look for in interior players. Interior defensive linemen, interior offensive linemen, that's where I always go. That's why Zavala is somebody that I like. Yeah, that makes sense. And you put him, I mean, Joe Tooney, you draft a player like this a year before they're ready. Joe Tooney moves on after next season. This guy slides in. You get right. guard with those kind of skill sets with Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey. That's a fun group up front that just get after it physical. That could be uh, a beautiful thing to watch with a running back like Isaiah Pacheco uh, and the way that he likes to run the football as aggressive as he is. That's that's a fun one. All right, let's move on to the fifth pick. Pick number 166 here in the, or excuse me, 134 in the fourth round. That is edge rusher Yaya Diaby mm-hmm. uh, from Louisville. What is it that you like about him, Trevor? Yeah, so this is another player. These two picks right here, Chandler Savala and Yaya Diaby, these are guys that you draft and stash a little bit, that you get into the farm system. These are really high-impact prospects who might not be able to, get, might not make the field right away in a rookie season, but ones that you can certainly lean on to contribute in their first couple of years, maybe even become a starter in that point in time. So Diaby is somebody with really nice athleticism. I mean, this guy can explode out of his stance. His speed to power is fantastic. I think he's just, for for a big body player, just go look at his combine. In fact, I'll, I'll read a couple numbers off to you. He's over six foot three, 263 pounds, right? So more of that mold that Kansas City has on their team. So it's not quite different, but Four five one forty yard dash for a player who is over six foot three and over two hundred sixty pounds. That is in the ninety sixth percentile. Incredible when you get the weight adjusted as well. Vertical jump at thirty seven inches. Again, eighty sixth percentile. This is an explosive athlete who just quite isn't ready to really start in the NFL. He doesn't have as much of a pass rush plan if you would want. He needs a couple of years to really get that together. Exactly know what to use with his what to do with his hands because. He's got that natural athletic ability, that play speed, and that play strength. It's just about that split second of knowing exactly what you want to do, where to throw the hands, when to disengage, what move to to, to put on a guy, how to hit him with an inside move. Like Just that overall pass rush plan is something that might take a couple of years for Diaby. But man, what a great rotational player this guy would be. An athletic specimen for sure. If they can get him in the mid-rounds here, this would be another guy that would be a great draft and stash player. This is outside of Michael Wilson. This is the most fun player I had watching cutting the highlights that for any, again, anyone for watching on YouTube, watching this guy play and the athleticism, his ability, he plays hard. Uh, We've already seen two or three uh, bubble screens plays across the middle in which he redirected, went down and made a tackle on a wide receiver across the middle because he was athletic and explosive enough to go back and cover it. And it brings up the question when taking a player, any defensive lineman, uh, talking about Isaiah Foskey as well, that maybe the the play, if you find the right player and the right fit and health and all that kind of stuff, but because of Joe Cullen, the Chiefs defensive line coach, and how well he has done getting the most out of his players, that getting a player like a mold of clay that has all of the athleticism to be an elite player, maybe that is the the trend here 
and that you give him to Joe Cullen and Joe Cullen can teach him how to play football, teach him the moves, teach him, just develop him as a player, as opposed to getting maybe a more refined pass rushing specialist player that may be limited athletically that wouldn't lend itself necessarily to the coaching, if that makes sense. So like Mm -hmm. getting a player like this with all the tools to go into Joe Cullen's room, I'd say give him all the talent he possibly can uh, before he gets a DC chub somewhere. If it's not in Kansas city following up Steve Spagnuolo, but uh, gotta love the pick there. Um, gotta love what you see from Yaya Diaby. Not a player I was familiar with before uh, you sent over this mock and I started kind of highlights, but one that I definitely st- liked watching. Um, like I mentioned, let's move on to the next one. Fifth round pick player that I spent a lot of time watching uh, cutting highlights because he had about 26 minutes on his melt of highlights. The most highlights I had seen uh, come through from the package that we got, but player that a lot of football fans would probably be familiar with because of where he played. Uh, running back. Kenny McIntosh out of Georgia. What is it that you love about the fit with Kenny McIntosh in Kansas City? A receiving ability, right? I I think that Isaiah Pacheco has certainly shown you that he can be a reliable early down back. And and he'll give you a reliable third down back as well, certainly in short yardage situations. I mean, this this is a player who had a fantastic mentality that you want on the field all the time at Pacheco. But what Kenny McIntosh, I think, brings to this room is that receiving ability, you know, that high-end receiving ability, so much so that We've talked about him maybe even making the transition to a slot receiver role in the NFL, if that's something that uh, might be advantageous. And what are, you know, one of the teams that would potentially do something like that, have that kind of creativity, is Andy Reid in Kansas City. And so I just really like the idea of, of getting Kenny McIntosh in a team that is going to totally utilize what kind of a receiver he could be, whether it's just as a third down receiver uh, out of the backfield or whether it's somebody who maybe they start in the, in the backfield, pre-snap motion, you can line them up in the slot, get some really nice mismatches with them. But he's the, he's that kind of a player who's got really soft hands. It's just a natural receiver. And uh, one who I would draft to complement this room. He's not the best running back per se. I mean, like he, he's not going to be a guy who's going to get crazy yards after contact for you or has like the greatest vision in the world. But it is. It's just that ability to be a receiver out of the backfield that was a constant threat for Georgia this past year that, I think would be a really nice addition to what Kansas City already has. I'm glad you, you put it that way because it's a really interesting discussion uh, with third down backs. Uh, and I had it over the the weekend uh, talking with fans because this is around the same spot that Deuce Vaughn could get drafted in mm-hmm. the K-State running back that's got, I don't know if there's a more polarizing prospect. I know it's here locally. Everybody's talking about him uh, just because of his size and the pass blocking, his pass pro ability. I don't know what nationally people think about him, but in comparing the uh, the electric ability for Kenny McIntosh and for Deuce Vaughn. Obviously, I'm a little biased because I spent a lot more time watching Deuce Vaughn. But without Jarek McKinnon on the roster, that third down back doesn't necessarily need to have the same skill set as a player that you expect to give the ball 25 times. He's not necessarily your backup running back as much as is a role player, a specific fit, a niche to packages of your offense that we've seen. And unless Jarek McKinnon signs back with Kansas City, a third down back is a need for Kansas City. Whereas to me, the backup running back to Pacheco right now is still Clyde Edwards-Elair. I know that's a tough thing. I know he's a very polarizing prospect in Kansas City. But Clyde Edwards-Elair is that guy. And contractually, it doesn't make a lot of sense to cut him for what it would cost to get a replacement. You have a motivated player who wants to go out and put together a good season, stay healthy for an entire season, go and show what he can do. But a player like Kenny McIntosh, I was talking about Deuce Vaughn over the weekend, but it's a it's a specific role, a specific niche. And right here in the fifth round, this is when you can take 
guys that won't necessarily be, like you mentioned, an every down player. If Isaiah Pacheco gets hurt, not sure that Kenny McIntosh would be in the plan if they drafted him to be that next guy to carry all those reps. Yeah, we're we're getting into the fifth, sixth, seventh round now. So as much as everybody would love to find like the draft steal in the sixth round, who's going to become an incredible starter for your team, that's just not really what happens most of the time. Instead, a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about over the next couple of minutes, they're either specialized players and specialized roles, like we're talking about with McIntosh, or they're special teamers. Like these are guys that are just going to be on kick return, punt return, you know, pump block, all this kinds of stuff. Yeah, it, you need those kinds of players. So um, this is a guy who I think has a specialized role in Kansas City if he were to be the draft pick here. All right, let's move on to the next pick. I know a player you're familiar with being a Florida guy. As soon as he popped up, I was like, Trevor's going to know a lot about this guy. It's Ventrell Miller, the linebacker out of Florida. Uh, again, fun player when watching his take and watching his highlights. You can see the juice he brings. Coach Reed often talks about energy givers. Uh, and watching Ventro Miller, you can tell he's just one of those dudes. Ventro Miller, I saw. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Florida Gator grad. I I, I watch every single Florida Gator game, <laughs> and um, Ventro's been around for a long time. Um, he's a redshirt senior. Uh, I believe his first year was 2018. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a fifth year guy. He's 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 played for a long time, and he's been starting for a long time. He's been contributing for a long time. Now, the reason why. He would be available here in the fifth and sixth round range is because he's not the best player when it comes to coverage. But when you talk about guys that are going to fill out the back part of your roster, this is the guy that you want. He's going to be an animal on special teams for you. He's a former captain, voted by his teammates. He is the energy guy like you mentioned. He is somebody who will stick his nose in there and absolutely loves contact. I got to interview him for a feature piece, and <laughs> he grew up playing running back and linebacker. And I asked him, I was like, dude, those are the two most physical positions in the game. Like, you, you played both sides of the ball growing up in Pee Wee and I think in high school before he in high school just started to just focus on playing linebacker. But I was like, you got no relief. You were just taking hits. And he smiled. And he's like, I play this game because I love the physicality. Like, that's why that's what I love about the game of football. And he's like, that's why I'm a linebacker. I was a linebacker because when it came to choosing between running back and linebacker, a, an old coach of mine said that linebackers, they have to be different. You have to be a, a totally different person. You've got to be the middle of that defense. you got to be a great communicator. you got to understand what everybody else's roles are around you. And yet you have to be the person who sets the tone with not just your words, but your actions and your physicality. He's like, that is what gravitated me towards wanting to be a linebacker. And so that this, to me, at the very worst, tells you that you're going to get a damn good special team. A guy that's going to be able to play as a depth linebacker for you, a linebacker three, linebacker four, but somebody who's going to be able to make the active game day roster because he's making such a difference for you on punt team and kick team. So um, I think that if you were to play him, yeah, he's not the best guy in coverage, but he's a really great downhill linebacker. And even if one of the starting linebackers in Kansas City got hurt, some of those guys that have more speed in Nick Bolden and Willie Gay, if, if you plugged in Ventro Miller, and allowed him to just play downhill and see ball, get ball, pursuit kind of a guy, be a good run defender, get attacked towards the line of scrimmage. I still think he's going to be a productive pro in that regard too. Yeah, we're talking about Saturday picks, talking about fifth, sixth round. You're not going to find a player who's really great against the run, who is a team captain at an SEC school and could play the pass. Those guys are already gone. Yes, right. Those correct. guys have already been drafted. All right, we're seven picks down. We've got three to go. We will wrap this up with Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus right after this break. You're listening to KC Sports Network. We'll be right back after this. 
Folks, I got to tell you about today's sponsor, and that is Athletic Greens. I've been taking AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day, and I gave it a try because I wanted to get that better gut health. I wanted to uh, have the sustained energy. You got to support the immune system, especially this time of the year. And I hated taking all those pills and vitamins to actually get all those supplements, and it tastes great as well. I take it in the morning before I start my day, before I make that cup of coffee, and it makes me feel ready to take on everything that we've got going on here at KCSN. And you know, all great athletes take care of their body. I'm not the same kind of athlete as Patrick Mahomes, but I still like to take care of my body, and that's when uh, I've been going to AG1. That's why I'm a huge fan. You get all that nutrition in just one little cup. It's it's a great, it's great for long-term gut health support as well with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplemental routine, then Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash KCSN. That's athleticgreens.com slash KCSN. Check it out. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, welcome back. Appreciate everybody for hanging out with us here at KC Sports Network on our Best Mock Monday. You know, with Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus. All right, Trevor, let's get to these last three picks here pretty quickly. The last, you, you mentioned it before, at this point, you're getting role players, great depth, and, and I love this next pick. Uh, after Again, after watching a lot of the cut-ups of him and having a chance to, to watch him throughout the season, playing at a big school as safety, DeMarco Hellams out of Alabama. Uh, what is it you love about uh, Hellams right here for the Chiefs? Yeah, look, Helms is just a, a steady player. You know, he's, he's a guy who's played in a Nick Saban system, and that means he's going to have a lot of discipline to him. He's, he's a senior. He's been around the Alabama football program for four years. Uh, no, he was not a consistent starter, and I think that's because he's a little bit stiff athletically when it comes to deep coverage and things like that. But, man, the run fits are fantastic with him. He's rarely out of place. Um, he's a, a really reliable tackler, I believe. And so this is, again, this is another player who you would want on your team. There's been a lot of safety turnover, I think, in Kansas City, or at least in new names that have come into the fold and, and getting a guy like DeMarco Helms there in the depth to be a major special teamer for you, as well as a backup player, I think could be really reliable and would just help the health of the back part of the depth chart. Yeah. They brought back Deion Bush. They signed Mike Edwards. Uh, they've got Justin Reed on the deal. So they need to get some young safety. They got Brian cook. Uh, I've got some other DBs that may switch to safety or could at some point, but uh, would make all the sense of the world for them, especially if they end up, I don't think they're going to end up with 10 players. I know we're doing that for these mocks, but uh, if one of the, say, eight players that they actually end up with in this is a safety, I'm not going to be surprised at all, especially late in the draft, uh, get a developmental player. And you mentioned right there, the thing that stood out to me was about his tackling ability. He didn't seem to miss a tackle. Uh, seemed to be pretty fundamentally sound uh, when that goes in a willing participant 
uh, as a DB up there in the box making tackles. All right, let's move on to the number, uh, the ninth of the 10 picks, and that is cornerback Nick Jones out of Ball State. We talked about energy givers earlier. This guy seems like an energy giver, Trevor. Yeah, and 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 that's what it is. I mean, he's just got good size and length for the cornerback position, and um, he is. He, he's he's a big-time energy guy. You and I talked about this towards the end of the season when we were regularly doing our podcasts, and um, we talked a little bit about draft, and you're like, man, the, the secondary room is already you know, pretty young, right? They already have a lot of young contributors on the secondary, so it's hard to think that they're going to invest too much in corner, I think specifically uh, in this upcoming draft. But Jones is a player who, you know, I do look at corner somewhat similarly to the way that I look at offensive line. Not as important, but it is a position that I always like to get new bodies in, like new juice, because you never know when you're going to find a player that just hits it big for you. Look at Christian Benford last year with the Buffalo Bills, right? They draft the Kyrie Elam in the first round, and they got this seventh rounder in Christian Benford who's basically like outplaying him for starting reps to start the season. This is a playoff team. Right? And you just never know that with corners. Sometimes it's just all about attitude. Sometimes it's about that feistiness, those instincts, that athletic ability. And Jones is somebody who I just think made a lot of plays for Ball State, who is a worthy player to take a chance on here at the back end of the draft. All right, let's wrap this up with the 10th and final pick. That is Vanderbilt linebacker Anthony Orgy. Yep. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Yeah, you got it. I didn't want to get that one wrong. No, you got uh, it, but... though. That is it. <laughs> all right, that's what we got. What do you love? about him being the final pick for the Chiefs in this draft. Very similarly to the way that we talked about Ventro Miller, right? This is a player who has three years of starting experience, was voted as a team captain, was a standout player for Vanderbilt. And it was just like a Vanderbilt defense would, wasn't very good. I mean, he just didn't have a lot of playmakers um, outside of Anthony Orgy. But he, he, he is able to play really well, really explosively. He the instincts I think are the thing that needs work, and that's why it's like you're not drafting this guy to start right away. But as a depth piece, again, as a special teamer, when you talk about rounding out your depth chart, rounding out your draft classes with potential special teamers, you're talking about linebackers, you're talking about uh, edge rushers, you're talking about tight ends, you're talking about some bigger wide receivers, maybe some running backs as well. And so this guy fits the body type of somebody who could be uh, a good special team for teamer for you on punt team or kick return team. Uh, but he also gives you really nice athletic ability and some upside if he potentially got those instincts down, really got in the film room, really took to some NFL teaching. He could be a nice rotational pass rusher for you as well. So he is somebody who, similar to Ventrell Miller, there's just not a lot of players who are going to have his starting experience um, and his pedigree that are going to be available this late in the draft. But he might simply because he just doesn't. It's not quite there for him. The light hasn't turned on, but that's not to say that it can't because he's got some good athletic ability once it does. Yeah, and that seems like, you know, the description that you're looking for with a seventh-round pick. They're a seventh-round pick for a reason. If they've got, you know, experience and played at a big school but are just hadn't clicked yet, maybe it'll click in Kansas City. We've seen that with a few guys. We saw with some of the players last year. They took guys like Jalen Watson, different position, but take that guy late in the draft, and it just clicked for him. It just worked for him. So let's wrap up uh, this draft. Let's take a look at this draft as a whole and the picks that were made. Anton Harrison, offensive tackle out of Oklahoma. Isaiah Foskey, edge rusher out of Notre Dame. Michael Wilson, the wide receiver out of Stanford. Chandler Zavala, the guard out of NC State. Yaya Diaby, Louisville edge rusher. Second edge rusher taken with the first five picks. Love to see it. Uh, number six, Kenny McIntosh, Georgia running back. Ventro Miller, Florida linebacker. Safety from Alabama, DeMarco Hellams. Then Nick Jones, cornerback from Ball State. And Anthony Orgy. Vanderbilt linebacker. What is it that makes this your best case scenario, Trevor, for the Chiefs with this draft? 
I think hitting offensive tackle at the very top is something that that makes the best case scenario. I mentioned at the beginning, I think the ideal strategy for Kansas City, the way the board's probably going to fall, is offensive tackle in round one, edge rush round two, wide receiver round three. So that's the way that I wanted to hit it in that order. Um, then immediately after that, you're going to fortify in the trenches. You're, you're getting an interior offensive lineman. You're getting an, another edge rusher in there. And then what I liked about this is is... I was able to fortify a lot of the depth, getting very healthy depth pieces for this team to continue to be really great on special teams, to get even better in the future with it. And then you also have some reliable rotational players there after that. It's not a ton of this like, oh, we've got to hit a major home run, major boomer bust players in the fifth, sixth round. That's not where Kansas City's at. The top of their talent is already good enough to where you just want to make the, the rotational players, the depth players behind them, the guys that are going to be on that 53-game-day roster, you want that to be as healthy as possible. Uh, and so I think that that's what I like the most about this draft, hitting it in the order I did with those first three picks, fortifying the trenches, and then getting some good depth players and special teams players after that. I know Chiefs Kingdom loves them some mock drafts. So if you've been watching this on YouTube, let us know in the comment section how you feel about this draft and what your favorite pick was. And if there's one that uh, there's a player that you like more, let, let us know that. Uh, we'll start some discourse in uh, the comment section on YouTube, which is always a beautiful place uh, to have discourse about things. But we appreciate everybody for watching and listening to this episode of Best Mock Monday. Don't forget the KC Laboratory guys will be going live tonight and they'll have a special guest on their show tonight. They'll go in at eight o'clock central time. So make sure to check that out. And Trevor, man, we appreciate it. We got to catch back up with you before we get to the draft. Know you're busy, uh, but where can people find uh, your stuff and your podcast? Yeah, uh, pff.com, where you can find all my written work. Um, Mike Redder, as well as doing a fantastic job on our draft guide. It's getting updated all the time, especially right before the draft. You guys are going to want to check that out. It's got phenomenal information on there. And then the NFL Stock Exchange podcast, myself and Connor Rogers talking NFL draft, going through our final player rankings a lot of our evaluations of players our final big boards are coming out we're doing mock drafts every single week as well so you guys can know what the rest of the league is doing too so appreciate it bj anytime my friend all right appreciate everybody for listening we'll catch you next time thanks for listening to kc sports network don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well you can find all six of our channels at kcsn Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com